You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. stretch right at the beginning oh yeah that's a good idea just to get blood moving the other day the cracks I had out my left hand my thumb like cramped up because i had been scraping and stuff the like window uh trim mm-hmm. and my hand just cramped up and like my thumb was just like stuck like this that's the worst <laughs> It's so scary when that happens. I remember going swimming and you get your your feet out like little fish fins up and down, up and down. And then suddenly your foot can't bend backwards. And you're like, what's happening? Is this my 13th year? (laughs) Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrew. And And we're we're your your art art friends. friends. Let's hang out for the duration of the time code. So how's it going? Uh, it's going good. I have been doing some home renovation projects. Finally, and, you've been right? wanting to do that for a long time. Oh, it feels so good. And I gotta say, I am a caulking master. Uh, I'm speaking to a <laughs> cock lord? <laughs> a king of cock? A master of cock? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> i've always wanted to cock i have opportunities at this new place to cock but i don't have any cock so i haven't been cocking it's surprisingly fun yeah and it's so satisfying when you get like a real smooth line and you use a little tool and you just like make it all nice and even and it's perfect just kiss yeah so you're painting your bedroom walls and ceiling. Getting there. That's the project, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been painting my ceiling. Getting some good shoulder gains going. Holding that paint roller. It's true. His arms are even bigger than last time I saw him. It's They're pretty so remarkable. Big. I want to be so buff for con season. It's going to be great. Just a buff cockmaster coming at you this fall. <laughs> yep. Come That's say me. hi. Come say hi. <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> I've been really enjoying the past week. Uh, A friend of mine turned me on to an anime called Blue Period, which is a Netflix original. So it's an anime about a high school, at least the first season is about a high school kid who discovers that he likes art and he decides he wants to go to art school. And it's the process. Yeah, it's (laughs) the process of that. And when I read the synopsis, I just kind of assumed it'd be like standard high school Mm -hmm. love triangle thing. But with the setting of an art school, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be in the background, the art thing. Yeah. And so I haven't watched it for that reason. But then finally, a buddy of mine was like, hey, I'm not an artist, but I feel like this like this reminded me of you. And I feel like you'd like it. So if you check it out, let me know. And so I did. And Andrew, mm-hmm. just about every single episode I watched and I cried. <laughs> oh, shit. It's so beautifully and affectionately 
um, about discovering a love of art and how complicatingly uh, interesting it is to try to get better. Yeah. To discover that art is not a subjective thing or is a subjective thing. It's not a cut and dry thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The main character is also an insecure overachiever. So he (laughs) like his big hurdle that he has to keep coming back to and getting over is like, what do I like? Mm -hmm. And, uh, how can I be honest with myself about my perspective? Um, and I'm just watching it like me too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that, that sounds more appealing than what I was guessing it was going to be based on your tweets about it because you were like, Oh my God, I keep crying watching this. And I was like, I don't know if I want a show that's going to be like sad, but the way you just described it, I'm like, okay, this sounds like something I'll enjoy. It's relatable. (laughs) It makes my soul reach out and it it hugs my soul is what it does. Um, and it, I did not expect it to be, um, as considerate of artists as it is. It's like very realistic but lovingly so. Oh, so everybody's cool. weirdos and people don't treat each other very kindly. Like the the dynamic of like, oh, I like you as a friend, but I also hate you because you're better than me. Yeah. That's discussed. Um, there's a lot of like identity stuff that's discussed. It is not, um, at least in the first season, it's not a romance. Unless you count falling in love with art romantic, in which case it's very much a romance. <laughs> but it's it's like... I'm not seeing anything that speaks so loudly to what our experience is in anime yeah. form. Yeah, I was trying to and think the, yeah. in my head about different shows that portray artists in a realistic manner. Yeah. And there's we not We did a whole episode on that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, we could we could bring it back. We could do it. We if really I watch could. It, I could oh. There's no, an idea, self. man. <laughs> Future Andrew. If you need a topic idea, watch Blue Period and then we'll do a Blue Period episode because I, I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're going to talk about why artists hoard so much. We tend to hoard art, art supplies, scraps of paper, little knickknacks that we never end up doing anything with. Uh, And we're going to philosophize why and then talk about our personal experience hoarding things um, ourselves. But first, I have a I have a would you rather for you. Okay. As always. You ready? Yeah. You must get rid of one of these forever. Forever. Okay. Option one, all of the pens and pencils in your home. Okay. And option two, your Adobe subscription. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> uh, I feel especially anti-capitalist today, so I'm going to say Adobe subscription. Oh, get wrecked, Adobe. <laughs> there are alternatives. Exactly. I feel like I'm, I am so close to being able to do everything I need to do in Procreate anyway. It just needs to handle the dimensions and the number of layers that I need. Ah. Uh, That's it. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Because I actually prefer a lot of things in Procreate over uh, Photoshop. 
like procreate has a little drag and drop feature where you can just drag the color and drop it into like a shape that's drawn yeah. and it just boop, fills it pretty much perfectly no little dumb halo effect like photoshop always does or why? anything like that why i don't get why? it would Ugh. Photoshop not have figured out how to do a fill effect properly? Right? All the other programs do. Get your shit together, Adobe. Fuck. Fuck. We're actually mad. It's not a joke this yeah. time. I've, <laughs> I've, I've said on several occasions that if I could pay a ridiculous amount of money to just not, not inflict harm on like the CEO of Adobe, but just yell at them all the things that they do wrong with their programs... Just well, complain at you. Yeah, I'm with you. And while you're throwing your money at them, I will take my money and I will uh, throw it at the companies that are competitors to Adobe mm -hmm. who are already better than Adobe, but just aren't industry standard yet. Yeah. And bring them up to a level where they can knock the Adobe high hats off of their hat stands. Can we please talk about the whole like industry standard bullshit? Bullshit. I feel like we just call Adobe products like, oh, it's industry standard. But it's like all the programs can do the same exact thing. Like Adobe doesn't, their stuff doesn't do anything different. Yeah, but no one is going to hire you if you put Krita on your resume. I think. It's been my experience working in, working in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that Adobe Illustrator, After Effects, Photoshop, and premiere are programs that are being used uh and file sharing is being used in like studios and things so like as far as industry standard goes that is what the industry is using that makes that makes more sense i guess from that standpoint as a freelancer i don't get it because <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm yeah, like you oh, don't need it here's your jpeg here you go jpeg you have go. fun every everything render jpeg don't yeah. need to pay 60 dollars a month to render jpeg yeah so from my standpoint, I'm like, this is dumb. But at the same time, too, Procreate can't do what I need it to do. So I'm stuck with Adobe. So save the pens and pencils and find alternatives to your raster images. I will hoard all the pens and pencils. <laughs> Speaking of the topic, why do artists hoard? I think there's so many reasons. Like I, I was doing research earlier and... I was reading through all these articles and some play, some artists would hoard things like plastic and scrap pieces of, of trash and then turn that into artwork and sculptures yeah. and really cool projects like that. And then other artists just go to like a Dick Blick and they just buy stuff that they don't actually need or stuff. They're like, Ooh, I want to use markers. Or, Ooh, I want to use acrylic washer. Ooh, I want to get this sketchbook. We all have too many sketchbooks. We all have too many sketchbooks. And I, I think a lot of it is just, we, we, we gather things that we want. So we have everything we could potentially need to make whatever we want at all times. Yeah. I even, one of my most popular prints is this little bird that has a speech bubble coming out of it that says, I buy art supplies instead of making art. Yeah. Like the last few times I've gone to the to the art store, I end up buying a few little knickknacks and things that I don't actually need for the project I'm buying stuff for. Oh, dude. Dude, I just opened up my Instagram where I posted that picture of the bird. Yeah. The caption that I wrote goes perfectly with this podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah. It says, I love buying new art supplies because there is infinite potential in an unopened ink bottle or a pack of Posca markers. I can keep that potential on my shelf and look at it every day, imagining all the amazing drawings it could be used for. I imagine how much I'll grow as an artist by the time it's all used up. Maybe one of the pieces I make will be noticed by a gallery. A rich woman will fall in love with my art and pay me hundreds of dollars to make more. What a wonderful thing it is, this potential. I have multiple drawers full of it. I think we're done here. Like, we <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> and with that, we've come to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the answer. Like, that's the quick answer that I have to yeah. the question of why it's it's the addiction to the potential of what this could become. Yeah. I wonder if it's comparable to when everybody starts a New Year's re- resolution and they go out and they buy like new workout gear and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to be so fit and I'm going to have like buff arms and stuff. And then For sure. And then they fall off the bandwagon and it's just like, oh, well. There's the where there are those clothes that I bought when I when I was going to get buff. What a devastating consequence of growing up in like a marketed to generation mm-hmm. where it's just so built in that if I spend money on a thing, if I buy the nice car, if I drink the fancy alcohol, then I will be the lifestyle person. And so we in order to solve problems, buy things, we throw money at our problems. Which, of course, doesn't fix the problem. No. <laughs> Oftentimes creates more problems. Wouldn't you know it? But we've been told so much for so long that that's uh, a good thing to do in order to get where we want to go. Mm-hmm. But that's much broader than specifically the question of, like, artists and art supplies. Yeah. Because the, the sketchbook thing, man. Yeah. The sketchbook like- thing is what really gets my goat. I have so many sketchbooks where I'm like, oh, this is going to be my new like sketchbook. I'm going to go to the coffee shop. I want to draw on it. Like I have one from a friend and I sketched in it a whole like four times and you've used like five pages in it. And now it's just in, in a drawer back there. That's interesting. So you say you have the sketchbook that you are like, this is the, I'm going to take this to a coffee shop. You have like action surrounding the sketchbook. Do you have different sketchbooks that kind of uh, have different vibes about them. Like your coffee shop sketchbook, your home in bed sketchbook, your, uh, <laughs> I put this in my pocket sketchbook. It's stupid. How, how much you nailed that. Yo. I have a sketchbook <laughs> on the nightstand next to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> but my switch is also right on top of it. So Damn lately it. I've been playing Pokemon. What do you see? <laughs> you grab first then yeah um but i do have another notebook right here that i take notes in when i have calls with clients Mm -hmm. um and i actually use this for the big project and it's like all these are just notes that's like half full and so i do have different notebooks for different things i similarly have sketchbooks that have different vibes about them But mostly they're like a hierarchy of vibes where I have sketchbooks that are really inexpensive and um, the paper is cheap Mm -hmm. and I don't care about those sketchbooks. And so I'm happy to like rip pages out and use them as scrap um, to jot down ideas, to sketch really 
goofy stuff on there. I, it's not precious. Yeah. And then I have my like mid-tier sketchbooks, which I'm more likely to actually fill out and use, yeah. um, which cost a little bit more than the dollar storage sketchbooks, but they aren't moleskins. Because then I have my like <laughs> thick paper meant for paint, yep. fancy boy sketchbooks, yep. which remain pristine and untouched. Because you- God forbid I mess them up. I was just about to ask, do you have a fear of like messing up a page in there? So you only do almost a finished piece every time. Yeah. And I I try not to be that way, um, but I am that way. And now I'm in a weird position where like the one moleskin sketchbook that I have, Mm -hmm. I bought it in college. And so the first eight pages. You're still using it? Yeah, dude. Damn. We're talking. This is the art hoarding episode, my guy. (laughs) It was like a big gift to me to buy myself a moleskin sketchbook. It's the only one I have ever purchased because uh, I grew up poor, so I can't justify buying another one. But I won't draw in it anymore because it's got a bunch of dumb, bad drawings from like my sophomore year of college. (laughs) It's like Harry Potter fan art, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to see that now. I think I used five pages it got too precious and now too much time has elapsed where the jump would be odd. But <laughs> no one's reading my, like no one's taking my sketchbook and flipping through my sketch. Like use yeah. it, just use it, Beth. <laughs> That's the thing that never makes any sense to me. Like even for my, my own, you know, sketchbooks, like yeah. nobody ever looks through them. They just sit in, in a drawer usually. And then I get them out, I do a drawing. And then if I, turn that drawing into a finished illustration, I either tear it out very carefully mm-hmm. or I take a photo of it or scan it. And then the book just goes right back into its little home. Like we're professional artists. We're supposed to be over that fear of like, oh, like somebody might see this. We're not. Andrew, I have two <laughs> drawers full of empty sketchbooks. <laughs> and I buy them. You know why I buy them now? Why? I I had different I have different reasons through the decades that I've been an artist, but now the reason why I want a new sketchbook is because I saw another artist draw something cool in their sketchbook of that brand. Uh, it's like Instagram ads, yeah. essentially. I bought a Mossery sketchbook because all of the cool artists were working in Mossery sketchbooks. And I was like, if I buy this sketchbook, I'll be a cool artist. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a component of the hoarding as well yeah do you also hoard like actual artwork like prints and stuff yes mike and i just moved and i used to be a print maximalist where like our house had multiple walls that were big gallery walls Mm -hmm. once covid hit and we were living in those walls all the time i was like oh this is visually chaotic and i took a bunch of them down now i like a clean space Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what to do with the 600 prints that I own. <laughs> right? And the 70 frames. Yeah. I have so many frames. Hey, if you're listening to this, do you want a frame? You, I'll give you my address. Please come over. <laughs> Please take a frame. Our entire closet is just picture frames. <laughs> you just put the empty picture frames up and have that be like a cool wall. that's an insane thing no i want to get rid of them thank you for your contribution to the idea channel of of my brain river 
but no, I reject it. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn it, though. You said that. Now I'm looking at uh, the wall of my office being like, well, actually, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. I do hoard prints. Uh, when I, my husband and I met, we were both into Mondo. Mm-hmm. Mondo, Mondo posters and things. Yeah. So both of us had print collections that once we moved in together, combined. Fusion. Oh. Mm, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you might collect a bunch of prints. I do. I have I have a big bin over in the corner just full of prints from friends, from classes in college, because when I took screen printing, our very Last project we did, uh, we did a print and we had to trade it with everybody in the class. So we had to make exactly enough to trade with everybody. And Mm -hmm. so I have like 30 prints, screen prints, like really nice quality stuff from other people in my class. And then I also have artwork from some of our friends. I have artwork from Sean, who's been on the show, from Tim, from... Like mm-hmm. so many people that I've met at cons, and I'm just like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with all of this? <laughs> I cycle them. Yeah, I I will hang an 18 by 24 frame, and then every f- five months or so, I'll switch, I'll swap the piece out, mm-hmm. just to keep it fresh and to appreciate the stuff that I do have. Yeah. But I also definitely have stuff that I don't want anymore, and it feels so bad to throw it in the garbage, right? You you could. Donate it to Goodwill, and then Goodwill will have, like, cool art. I can't... You know what? Fuck, that's actually a good idea. I should just... I should, I should literally do that to get rid of my framed prints. I'll take the prints I don't like, and I put them in the frames I want to get rid of, and then I take them to Goodwill. Oh, my God. You could be supplying that, like, freshman in college who needs something in their dorm. You could be supplying them a really nice poster. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles poster. To hang up, rather than just tape to their wall. It's so obvious now. Thank you. But then why? Why Why do I hold on to these things? Why do we... Oh, wait. No, I take it back. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, <laughs> it never fails that each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say, Why didn't I think of that? So before we right move there. on to this... <laughs> so before we move on with the show, let's applaud those who did it first. It was right then. I just, I just was like, let's I'm get so back to the top of you because hands. I was like, ah, there's our chance. And, <laughs> and then you circled back and I was like, yes, <laughs> fuck yes. We pull this horse around. <laughs> oh God. So what is your, why didn't I think of that? My, why didn't I think of that? I'm on, I'm on a roll. You guys. I, I did something. I did a think of that. I thought of that and I made it. Yeah. And then my why didn't I think of that is in the same world of it. But mm-hmm. if you go on my Twitter and also probably, oh, definitely my Instagram, you will see that I recently drew some shitty cute cats on a Roomba. <laughs> I did enjoy those. I did it. I did it for, I, I made it for a um, Anna Akana video where she had an ask where I needed to draw a cat on a Roomba. And normally with her videos, I draw like edgy feminine stuff, which fits her whole brand. But this was such a small ask that like it it would be fine for it to just kind of look like anything. 
And I had this like chair gripping moment <laughs> where I, here's a secret about Beth. Mm-hmm. I don't like drawing cats and I don't like drawing dogs. Like uh-huh. cute mammals don't do it for me. I'm a, I'm a lizard bird snake girl, you know, mm-hmm. give me fish. Is it because it's more difficult to draw those things because they have like feathers, scales and, and like patterns on them? Whereas dogs and cats are just like me. Do I like the challenge? Yeah. It's not that it's um, if you if you want to know the answer, it's that everybody likes and draws cats and dogs. Mm. And I like being weird. (laughs) It's this dumb built in thing about me that's that's drawn towards the more the more unpopular. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't love drawing cats because everybody loves cats. Long story short, but. I loved drawing these cats. I drew them as shitty cute little blobs yeah little goomby little like they hardly look like cats when i was drawing them but then when i finished them everyone's like obviously those are cats and so it worked i did it i did the thing that i wanted to do and now my wittitat which are shitty cute dog stickers they're so freaking cute omona who i've talked about on this show before drew a bunch of these like little lab looking golden retriever looking dogs (laughs) and like everyone has a different expression uh some are laying on their side some's like crying about a bone uh one of them has a cat in its mouth one of them's uh missing the pee pad while it's peeing (laughs) i like this little little penis (laughs) this little penis it's so funny and all of them are drawn just a little gumby the lines aren't smooth uh, but the expression comes through so clean and fun and you look at them and you can't help but smile. Yeah. Cadence is definitely the one that's like mouth watering, looking at food. That's her. <laughs> like every time I feed her, it's just like drool, just dripping. Oh, bumpings. There's one that's very afraid. And that <laughs> was Tucky today. I took him out to pee and the uh, trash truck was next to our building and it was lifting up one of the big um, dumpsters and pouring it into its (laughs) into its bin and tuck was like watching it and i thought oh this is a cool socialization opportunity i'm gonna hang out with my dog and we're gonna watch this big truck do a big loud thing and the dog was cool until it started lifting the (laughs) the dump and then the dog fucking bolted man he was like fuck this no and he ran all the way back to the door and was like get me home i want to be inside (laughs) so I took him inside. He was like, get me on the couch. And I pulled him on the couch and he like sat in my lap and just shivered. <laughs> I was like, oh, little buddy. Puppy d- it was just the trash guy. <laughs> so I traumatized my dog today. <laughs> it happens. It's, it's bound to happen a few times. So that's mine. Nice. Uh, so mine this week... <laughs> I'm calling it Yoga Chicks, and just go ahead and click the link because it's fantastic. Okay, I'm clicking the... Oh, God. (laughs) So this artist, if you click on their page, they have like 10 of these, and they take a tiny little realistic baby chicken, and they put it in yoga poses, and I love it so much. Oh, (laughs) God. These are upsetting. (laughs) I don't like it. Is it because they're realistic? Yes. 
Yes, give me a shitty cute rendition of this and I'm all on board. But because they are like beautiful oil paintings yeah, of they're... realistic chicks. <laughs> they're so nicely painted. And these manipulated into these human poses, which when you watch a human being do yoga, you're like, wow, that's a weird position for a human body to be in. Now imagine that it is a chick's body. The one where it's like T-posing, but turned 180 degrees <laughs> yeah, backwards. That one looks very strange. Oh. Also the one that's sitting with its legs crossed and it's like, uh, like thumb and like pointer finger touching. Because mm -hmm. like it, they're just bending the the feathers to make it look like fingers. That one also kind of disturbs me a little bit. But I saw these today, and I just was like, <laughs> and all of the art on their page is like animals doing human things. It's so cursed. There are so many more chicks than just the ones at the top of the page. I'm scrolling down, and it's oh, like there are more. There's just like art, 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 another chick doing yoga, art, 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 two more chicks doing yoga, art, 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 another set of seven chicks doing yoga. Stop. <laughs> don't obviously don't stop. But stop. <laughs> it never fails. Nope, that's the wrong thing. We've been employed by the great artist council, Roy. G and Biv, Biv to write Prophetic, Prophetic, the weekly artist newsletter, a super real and secret publication that proves that art talent is actually just magic, magic. and the only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription. subscription. Yeah, so given that we're talking about hoarding, I think it would be useful to put together um, like Marie Kondo style declutter guide. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah. So for people who are reading the artist newsletter, who have a problem holding on to old oil paints, who have 300 sketch, that's a lot, 30 sketchbooks empty, who have 30 empty sketchbooks. Who have a new pack of colored pencils that you've had for years. Never sharpened after factory sharpening. What do these people need? First off, you're going to need a trash bag. Mm-hmm. Second off, you're going to need a custom spinny wheel. Yeah, you're going to write all the different art supplies that you have on that spinny wheel. And then how many spins every do you day. think they should get every day? Spin it? Every day, one spin, I think. I think that's a good routine. Because you yeah. don't want to overwhelm them. If you're day one and you're just spinning, 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 then you didn't have this problem in the first place, you know? But... Every day, one spin, and then you have to get rid of whatever it lands on. Donate it to Goodwill. Give it to your niece. There you go. Maybe your retired dad is interested in watercolor. I don't know your life. And the longer you've had the item, the bigger the section of the wheel. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, so you, 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 okay. That's good. <laughs> what would be your biggest slice, my guy? Oil paint. I have oil paint left over from college because when I was a freshman, they still gave us a painting kit that had mm -hmm. oil paint, acrylic paint, gouache, watercolor, like everything in it. And yeah. after freshman year, you start taking classes for your major. And so you weren't taking those painting classes anymore. But I but still, still was. have the kit. 
So I started buying the kits off of other people. So I bought like two oh. or three oil paint kits for like $50. That rules, actually. It it does, but I'm pretty sure some of the paint's bad now because it's been almost 10 years since college. But for me, I haven't touched oil paint in any meaningful capacity. So it would definitely take up the biggest portion of my wheel. What would mine be? Followed by Microns. Oh, I use Microns, though. I'm proud of that one. That's the thing I always buy when I go to the art store. I always buy yeah. like, I'm always like, ooh, I want to get a little red Micron because then I could use it in a project just like Scott Fisher does. And then I can paint over top of it. And then I can go back in and work back over top of it with more Microns and more ink. Blah, blah, and I never do. <laughs> <laughs> but the potential, man. Oh, that tasty, tasty sandwich of potential. Right. Maybe that's another thing that we can do for people who are dealing with an art hoarding problem. Find another source of potential to latch onto. So, like, buy yeast. (laughs) There you go. Buy yeast and tell yourself you're going to make bread. A more useful thing in case everything, in, in case society collapses. That is a pro to the yeast purchasing. Yeah. I was not thinking about Society collapse issues. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what I, I, I have done this in the past where I have purchased yeast with the intention of using it. And then it died in my in my closet, in my food closet, which is called a pantry. It died in my pantry. Yeah. But it did the same thing for me that the art supplies are probably doing for you, listener. Listener of the newsletter. <laughs> it's an audio one this week (laughs) does the art supply spark joy always a good question to ask when you hold anything really does this spark joy a plate a pencil your partner's genitalia (laughs) I'd hope so (laughs) so would I do you have an art crap drawer yes I did kind of organize it recently. He did finger quotes when he said the word organize, guys. Oh, sorry. I forget. Sometimes I forget this is an audio format. (laughs) (laughs) So what what did the finger quotes, what does that mean? It means that instead of just throwing everything in haphazardly and there's no rhyme or reason, now there are little like sections where it's like oh well the pins kind of go here in between the colored pencil case okay so you organized but you didn't get rid of anything in the craft drawer correct i'm proud to say i don't think i have an art crap drawer i definitely had a crap crap drawer and i full-on pitched it when we moved hell yeah i was like i haven't opened this thing in ages let me just grab the two packages of writ dye that i bought the year that i moved to los angeles Because I think I was going to, like, dye my pants or something. What's Rit Dye? The brand is R.I.T. Any craft store is going to have Rit Dye. Really, any grocery store, if you grew up in Metro Detroit. What color was it? Uh, Red and purple. Hmm. A red one and a purple one that I think I was going to mix together to make, like, a a maroon. That was the intention. Did I ever do it? No. Did I hold on to it because I grew up poor and why would I ever throw away something that could still be used? Yes. I'm not helping anybody through the um, newsletter with that story. Uh, Do it. Throw it. Just throw it away. Big, bold letters at the end. Just throw it away. You don't need it. 
If you were going to use it, let's be real. You would have used it by now. If you need it, you'll just buy it again. Unless you found it in the woods. So let it go. Give it a give it a little whisper kiss and let it go. Hi, I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an office depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat Notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smithsown binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf. They're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk, regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denik.com, that's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denik.com, find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks! Back to the show. Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew? Can I tell you about color? Give me what you get. (laughs) I gotta say, I'm real proud of that. (laughs) Give me what you got. Does anyone know that we're saying H-U-E, give me what you got? Or did you think that I was just saying it oddly? Because sometimes I do that with words. Even... Did anyone know? <laughs> I don't know. But even if they didn't, I'm still very proud of that dumb, <laughs> dumb joke. Uh, so for Co- color, cor- color my world, Andrew. <laughs> Have you ever thought about the color of an animal's poop before? Ah, oh, what an odd question to ask me. In the context of, is my pet sick? Yes. Without that context, can't say I have. Unless it's birds, in which case, a lot, because they have weird poop. That's true, they do. I don't quite understand it. But we're not talking about birds this week. Okay. I'm going to ask you this. What color do you think a bee's poop is? (laughs) Um, I didn't know... (laughs) That bees pooped? I guess all animals do. Yep. So I I shouldn't be surprised that the bee do poo-poo. All right. Number one, love how much bees get brought up on the show. (laughs) And number two, the thing that's popping into my brain is how, like, bees are always covered in little yellow bits of pollen. And my head is like, that, what if that's poop, though? What if that's not pollen? What if that's just, like, ye- bright yellow bee poop? And then I think, no, Beth, that is pollen. It's not bee poop. <laughs> but if a bee could poop, I suppose it wouldn't be brown, because Andrew's asking me this question with a smile on his face. So it's not, like, human poop color brown. So 
Um, I'm just going to go imaginative with this one and say it depends on the time of day. A whole rainbow, my guy. Rainbow. Yeah. And and the poop's probably so much more beautiful to the bee's eyes because they have the whole spectrum of color that they can see. So I have the answer for you. And it is yellow. Oh, wait. So they're are they covered in poop, dude? I don't is think that not I don't Holland, think the is that fucking is, dude, is that fucking poop dude is that fucking poop covered in bees bees covered in poop now I don't think can the bees see God and they're also covered in poop dude <laughs> hold on a second I was right so I don't think they're covered in poop when they have yellow on them because I think that is just pollen but in this video Hank Green says that bees you know eat pollen and Sometimes they got to poop and sometimes that ends up pollinating flowers and sometimes they just poop on things. But I didn't know that bees poop Hold until this video. Hold on a second, because you just said that the bee poop pollinates flowers, which means that the bee poop is pollinated. Also, well, the pollen's they, on the they, bees, like, so the pollen bees and stuff, then it goes in, through them and then they more pollen. coated in poop. <laughs> just pollinate things with poop. Poopinate. Can you imagine you're a flower? You're a flower. You grow up. You're so beautiful. You're so fucking beautiful. But none of the flowers were talk to you. And you're like, I don't understand. I'm a good flower. And and one day, one of the nicer flowers is like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Uh, all of the flowers don't like you. But I think it's uh, it, it, I think it would be a good thing to tell you. You the germination process for you is different. I'm sorry. It was different. And you're like, what? But. What do you mean? I don't look any different. He's like, yeah, I know, but uh, we happen to know you're one of the, you're a poop flower. <laughs> so plants are classist, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> a bee shat on your mom, and then you, then you got born. You just a bastard. You fucking is, is that the bastard? equivalent of like the milkman? But it's the it's the poop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's fantastic. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that, like, as soon as you started. <laughs> that's how jokes do it. Oh, it's the anticipation, man, is really that. <laughs> what is something that we've held on to for way too long? You and I, art hoarders in our lives. Is. I talked about my writ dye. I also am an oil paint art hoarder, and I'll tell you why in a second. Oh my First, God. I'll pull out the she drawer. Pulled out a huge drawer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so much oil paint. Yeah. This is a mixture of oil paint and acrylic because oh the amount God. that I use it um, puts it all in this drawer together. I think that might be your art junk drawer. I have had some of those paints mm-hmm. like you since college because my fucking teachers remember remember I grew up poor so buying anything was a whole thing and paint is expensive god it is let me just grab one tube and read you the little price tag especially if you get like the more brighter ah! like the more saturated ones god they're so expensive 
Beth is currently struggling with her drawer. Um, the dr- the drawer's broken, which is why it's like hard. Oh no! To use. Here is a tube of cadmium red light, golden acrylics. That's ten dollars and sixty cents. It's two fluid ounces. You could fly with that. Here's a tube. Oh, look at this one. This one's well loved. Lord Almighty, is that going to focus? There it is. Oh yeah, you can see all the the fun crusty oil paint all around it. This one, uh, cadmium yellow medium. Again, a one point two five fluid ounces. $9.75. $9.75. And that's not adjusting for inflation, so it's probably more than that by now. Yeah. That was that was what paint cost 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, that's $2,000. Fuck. So I have these things. Back when I was younger and I had to buy oil paint for my classes, mm-hmm. our teachers would always tell us, don't worry, they, it will last you for years. Yeah. You'll have these paints. They'd say, I still have paints from when I was in college. Is a sentence that my teachers who were like 40 told me. Um, we're getting there. And so they are also art hoarders, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> because you should have used your paints in that amount of time. But now I've got it in my head that if I buy a tube of paint, keep it forever because it'll be good forever and you won't have wasted that $10. There's half a tube of paint still in that too. <laughs> There's what six have you oil dollars worth recently? of nothing uh, <laughs> in the last year. Nothing, because I don't oil paint anymore. It's beautiful medium. You can make beautiful things, but you'll also kill yourself doing it. It's so bad for you. And I don't have an oil setup with like good ventilation and things. And even if I did, I still wouldn't trust it. So I do have these like fast drying acrylic oils let me grab them ah i always wanted to like play around with those but i haven't felt the urge to buy them windsor and newton artisan water mixable oil color and i've used these and i like them and i told a professional artist that once and he was like why and i was like what well i mean there's a lot of good reasons he's like you're not a real artist that's a dumb opinion yeah, so I, I have a drawer full of oil paints from over 10 years ago. I think my oil paint drawer, one of the reasons I haven't cleaned it out yet is because one of the um, bottles of the mineral spirits leaked. Uh-oh. And so it covered, like, everything in there. And there was, like, little paper bags that they put, like, brushes and stuff in at the art store. Or, like, Uh-oh. they put, like, pencils and stuff in. One of those got wet, and so now it's just kind of this weird, like, oily texture. And yeah. I, like, just, it's just in the closet, closed, and I'm like, it's just fine. It's fine right there. I don't need to do anything about it. <laughs> Gross. When in reality, I should probably just chuck the whole drawer. <laughs> I also have a scrap paper drawer. Mm-hmm. I have my two sketchbook drawers i have my one is sheets of paper drawer Mm -hmm. and then i have my scrap paper drawer so whenever i cut something down or if i use a piece of paper to test a technique or if i have a dabbing paper when i'm like working on a nice piece i take that little scrap paper and i either cut the clean edge off or i take the whole thing and i put it in my scrap drawer with the intention of maybe one day drawing something small on a nice little piece of paper or Maybe one day I grab a Bristol page to work on and then I can get the scrap Bristol page to like test my paints on before I do. 
When I moved, dude, I threw away half of the paper that was in that drawer. <laughs> and I still have a full drawer of paper. I used to do that with uh, chipboard when I cut it down for my square prints. Oh. I would keep the leftover chipboard because it's like, oh, you know, I can test like, you know, a marker on it or paint on it. I can do it. something can, with it, yeah. You know, I just don't want to throw it I away. I want to be wasteful. And then that lasted like six months before I finally started throwing it out. <laughs> I'm not put doing it in recycling. With this, huh? I even had, I probably had for two years, like before the pandemic hit, I had um, a bunch of these pieces of backing board that weren't the size that I used anymore. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just make some cool like paint shapes on these and then I can scan them in and use these as like starting points to do an illustration like, you know. Do the Vanessa Lemon method of like, oh, I made a shape and what does that shape look like? Okay, I'm going to turn that thing into the shape that it looks like and then I'm going to keep pushing and pulling stuff. And Mm -hmm. then I never did that. And so I just had a stack of these like uh, backing boards on top of my flat file for two years that just had like ink blot fucking shapes all over them. And I never did anything with them. And then I think a few months ago, I threw them out. One day, you'll need it, and you'll feel vindicated for holding on to all of the things for all this time. <laughs> That'll be my uh, villain hoarding origin story. What else do I have? I, I must have other things that I've held on to for way too long. Oh, this was back when I was just starting to stream, so like 2017. I don't know why I bought it, but I was at Target and I bought a like one of those paper mache things that they have in the hobby section. And it was just uh-huh. an at symbol because I was like, oh, like maybe I can use it for something and like put it in the background and like have a little thing that says like Schmander art behind me. I still have that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's under this table behind me, but like I have never done anything with it. I have an ampersand. <laughs> This is why we're podcast calls. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same story. Symbols. With the ampersand. I didn't have a good use for it in the way that you had the at Spandrew art thing. I just liked the shape and I was like, this is what staging a nice shelf looks like, right? And I've held on to it for so long, dude. Why? Just to have a piece of wood to put on a shelf? Potential. Potential. <laughs> oh, Blue light blocking glasses. Ooh. Or not even that. I say that, but what I'm really doing is disguising um, cosmetic lenses. Mm -hmm. This is tangentially related to being an artist. I have a bunch of fake glasses, and I don't spend very much money on the fake glasses because they're fake glasses. Yeah. But because I don't spend a lot of money on them, the styles are not good. Mm -hmm. So I don't like wearing them. I only have one pair of fake glasses that I really do like wearing. And all the other ones... Sit in a drawer. I have like seven. <laughs> Why? What did you use them for? I, I, to accessorize? To look cool, yeah. <laughs> I love glasses. And I don't need them, and I'm, I'm Aww, thankful, what is, but also sad about it. Must be so hard having perfect vision. <laughs> I know, I don't talk about it. It's a bad problem to talk about, because people make fun of I'm you. Kidding, but I love glasses. You're not kidding, and that's okay. <laughs> And now I am putting them on, and Andrew's going to pretend that they're so good, and um, he was wrong to ever say anything about that fake glasses are bad. I think they look stylish. 
Thanks. Did you hear it? Did you hear it in his voice? <laughs> I'm just being defensive. <laughs> <clears throat> so I think it would be really fun if our listeners would share weird art things that they've hoarded over the years. Ooh. On Twitter? On Twitter, yes. Send us a picture of something that you've held on to for way too long. This was going around on TikTok for a minute. Oh, it was like, hey, artists. I I saw one. It was like, hey, artists, uh, show me what you've been holding on to for years that is going to be perfect for that one project. And it was a lot of people being like, this log. (laughs) (laughs) I have this log and I'm going to do something with it one day. You just reminded me I have... I have a bunch of wood pallets in my garage that Oh, oh, that sucks. Oh. Yeah. You're never going to do anything with those. I want to so bad though. <laughs> it was that it was so my many. dream quarantine project because people in my neighborhood would get rid of them and post online. They'd be like, "Hey, I got some wood pallets out front." And then they'd put the like street number and I'd be like, "Sweet." And I'd just go pick them up and I have like five. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh, no I, that's that's a lie. I did do something with one of them. I remember. Oh fuck. I turned one of them into a uh, one of those real fancy signs for my sister and her husband for Christmas in 2020. I wrote their last name and the year that they got married on it. And on did, a pallet? Yeah, like well I took it apart and made it into like a nice little sign. Oh, cool. Yeah, and like painted Sick, the, man. the font. So I did use it. I did it. One down, four to go. Yeah. (laughs) I do appreciate not having a garage because I have no space to put shit that I found on the side of the road. (laughs) Because I would, man. And Mike would be so mad. One time I adopted trash plant, which we called trash plant because we found it in the trash. Nice. And I, I, um, the generous term would be kept it alive for two and a half years until finally I stopped. And then it became trash plant yet again in earnest. <laughs> Mike hated that thing. He thought that it would bring bugs in. It did not. It was a joy. And then it died. Hey, you gave it, you gave it a good life. It's like when you adopt an older dog. And then you stop feeding it. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Don't do that to a dog. I would never do that to a dog. But trash plant, sorry. I did it. do you have an artist you want to share this week i do um so my artist this week is jeff langevin and i came across one of his pieces on instagram this week and the shape language and how he was drawing the hair of this character was fantastic and it drew me into his profile and now i'm obsessed (laughs) the first piece that i came across of his says lore of a Thera character close-up. And it's this woman, it's a profile shot, it's this these really nice blue-greens, and then the hair of this character is like two tones, and that's it. And it works so well, and the shape language is really cool. And um, I like how, how geometric his style is. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah. It's funny, we're getting a little lexicon of artists you bring in and artists I bring in. Mm -hmm. And the ones that you bring in 
feel like a lookbook in and of themselves. Like they're all sort of related to each other in yeah. their styles or their shape language or the clean, cleanliness of the lines. Um, I know what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> also, this artist has a couple Outer Wilds fan art pieces. So oh, uh, game yeah. recognized game that rules. <laughs> you rule. Hell yeah. Harthians for life. Jeff's stuff is great. Definitely check it out. Tweet at us at your art friends. And you can also email us at yourartfriendspod at gmail.com. You can find me at Beth B. Rad all over the internet. I, oh, I'm currently, this episode is going to come out so much later than what's happening right now. So maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, yeah. Twitch is where you can most often find me. I stream every Monday. You might find me playing Elden Ring right now. Maybe I've beaten the game by now. Maybe I haven't. I probably haven't. You could probably watch me play Elden Ring. I'm going to take that again. Uh, if you want to see me, if you want to see me online, Twitch is the place to go. I stream art and I'm also playing Elden Ring right now. So periodically I'll pop on there at random times to play. So turn on your notifications. And you can find me at Art everywhere on the internet. Uh, I'm most active on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, so definitely check those out. And if you want to check out my Patreon, I do an enamel pin club, and you can get a cool enamel pin along with a photo of my wonderful dog, Cadence, wearing the pin. And I just uh, took new photos of the newest pin with her, so that's out there on the internet. And with that, we have come to the end of the podcast. The real end. Sometimes we were serious, and sometimes it went... Oh, because earlier you said the thing about the end and then I, okay, yeah. Uh, that time, that time, it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to fans 16th century Corchester tomfool. But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass hang out together. Your Art Friends is a Moorpark Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 